The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... A charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Chris, if you say swamp ass tonight, I will send you a $100 bill. <laughs> if I put, if I say swamp ass tonight, I'm going to need you to send me a lots of $100 bills because Sam will probably <laughs> fire me. 11 hours later. The ball gets wet, and it's one of those things where he actually asked the center to change his pants at halftime. Yes. And I'm not kidding you. Right. That, that happened. You want a dry ball. You don't want a wet ball. I could see the look in your eye. You looked at the camera, and you're thinking, swamp ass, swamp ass, swamp ass. But I was also <laughs> thinking, don't get fired. Don't get fired. My boss won't like that. Awesome. Well done. Well done. Well done. EJ, if I wasn't too go, lazy EJ. to stand up, I would stand up. You know, you know that that feeling when you're in a theater and at the end of the show everybody stands up and you're like, I really don't feel like standing up, but I don't want to be the one butthole. I almost said the other word, sitting here like this, but yeah. I would stand up right now. Also, I, I have like gym shorts on. Oh, I figured you did. Yeah. But uh, but I don't have swamp ass. That, uh, I'm happy to report. That, that was well done. Oh. Very well done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Close. Speak for yourself. Well, I was close. I was like I told you on, on our, our Friday show uh, last week. Just I, I wanted to say swamp butt. <laughs> I was going to say it. I really was because I even had a comment before that. And I was going to say it right there. But I know I knew Sam Flood and football night in America's his little baby. And I didn't want to mess it up. But like, really, it's a real technical <laughs> term in football. It's a real thing, as you can tell by what Drew Brees said. So, all right, I'm just glad I'm no more playing with fire at that one. <laughs> there are there are uh, terms that are commonly used in the NFL. Yeah, that I had never heard used with that prevalence, you know, swamp ass turd right and a word that begins with slap yeah those are the three right exactly. and the shorthand version slappy yeah slappy is right is you but there's a two-syllable word and yes we no there's a lot you're it. right there's a lot of words uh, yeah <laughs> all right uh on to the content before we get ourselves in any more trouble than we already may or may not be in matt nagy from monday the day after a Blowout loss. I think it's fair to call it a blowout. 20 points is a blowout loss to the L.A. Rams. Matt Nagy on Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields. After we saw some fields, maybe enough to make people say we should see more fields. Here's Nagy on the Dalton Fields experiment after one week. I know this is just, to you, this is just one game. It's just the beginning yeah. and the start. But to Bears fans, every game is telltale. Yep. So after seeing 
Andy Dalton live. I think what Bears fans want to know is what does Dalton give you that at this point Justin Fields does not? Well, that's a good question. I understand it. Uh, but when you look back and you say, and after you're able to watch the tape and see where you're at, you, you, you know that, um, you know, we talked about, and I, I brought it up in regards to producing and scoring touchdowns and, and winning. And so we're always evaluating that. But I thought that Andy did a pretty good job yesterday of being able to, um, you know, get the ball out to guys where he needed to in certain situations. I, I You look back and the biggest the biggest error that he had was that interception to start the game. And sometimes those can be big ones because that's a momentum deal right on third down. So, um, you know, without getting into the the comparisons too much, I just think that right now when we're evaluating Andy that I thought he did uh, a good job of being able to put us in, in good situations and then using Justin when we did. Justin did well too. Look, as we continue to try to make sense of where this is all going, the best explanation in my mind continues to be the one that we've tried to drill down to. The idea that they want to keep Justin Fields out of the fray to learn the game like Patrick Mahomes did in 2017. So they play him next year. And so that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and Ted Phillips, to a certain extent, get judged next year on Fields. They'd rather have a more finished product next year then throw him out there this year and maybe impede or undermine or delay his progress. And I, I, he said exactly what I thought they would be saying once the game started. Everyone else, the offense stinks with Andy Dalton. Bears assessment, it's good enough because I think fundamentally what they want to do is hold Justin Fields in their back pocket as long as they can, Chris. Yeah, I guess what I just you know question is the the motives of that. You know, I, I do. I mean, I, I do. To me, you know, we've we've discussed this. You know, I, I understand. Yeah, you want to protect the rookie quarterback, um, but man, I mean, Justin Fields through the preseason was very trustworthy and looked NFL ready. And I, that's where I just like I want to just like throw the challenge flag on that one. I do. You know what? What about that game plan could Justin Fields not have run the other night? Could Justin Fields not have jammed the four-yard slant over the middle in there? Could Justin Fields not have thrown the five-yard hitch route out to the sideline? Oh, my gosh. Andy Dalton put us in great positions to throw four-yard passes. Whoa. I'm sorry. I just I don't get it. I don't like it. Yeah. Here's what I don't know. Right. And may try to find out the answer to. How much... Do the Chiefs believe that the Patrick Mahomes we saw in 2018, week one, is a product of not playing him at all, except for a meaningless week 17 game right. in 2017? Yeah, sure. Because it's not like, and, and, and look, we, we've all heard the stories, you know, the people who really loved Patrick Mahomes kept their mouths shut about it, so the draft experts who don't necessarily do their own evaluation. They just pass along what they hear from people who do. They didn't know Mahomes was the guy, right? Uh, and but, but maybe Mahomes needed that to make the transition from college I hear to the NFL. I hear you. And Nagy was the offensive coordinator, and he saw it. Whatever it is that he saw, if that's what they believed in Kansas City. I know. But that would be the only reason why he's trying to do it now. We are deliberately and consciously giving this kid a year to be an understudy. For the most part, he's going to play some, but he's going to be an understudy. And by next year, he's going to be so much better for it than if he played this year and maybe had his confidence broken down a little bit. Yeah. Or- 
you know, gotten some tough spots and learned some bad habits. We'd rather take it deliberately and slowly and let him have his coming out party next year. That's the only way to understand it. And the organization would have to be sold on that before you make the move. I doubt that they just caught a wild hare the first night of the draft and traded from 20 to 11. No. They had to have talked it through and had a plan for it. And, and that, that's the only way it makes sense that Matt Nagy firmly believes Justin Fields will be dramatically better next year if he sits than if he starts. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I get the logic to, you know, to a degree, but it's a different circumstance too. Kansas City at that point was clearly one of the best teams in the AFC. They were one of the best teams in the AFC. And, you know, they were the number two seed in the AFC playoffs as Mahomes sat there on the bench. Uh, I, I, I'll go back to what I said then. I'll go back to what you've heard me say a million times. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes played that year. They probably wouldn't have been the two seed. But they would have gotten the playoffs and been a more dangerous football team. They should have beat the Steelers in the divisional football game. People were open everywhere. They were open everywhere. I mean, and Alex Smith just wouldn't pull the trigger in some of those stars. I think it was the Steelers game. Maybe I'm off on one year. That was the year before. That's why they drafted Mahomes. But... The, the, the Titans uh, when yeah, Mario so completed a, the pass to himself. Yes, that was a wild card game versus the Titans, which there was like no offense that day. Uh, I, and then that's where I go. Yeah, if Mahomes played that year, they would have been better in that playoff game with Mahomes than they would have Alex Smith. I don't care what anybody says. I, that's 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 just my belief. You know, so that's a different circumstance altogether with the team there. And I understand he had a firsthand look at that. I I understand that. I get it. But I still look at this and just go. Man, the, the offense has got nothing special about it. 38 completion, 38 pass attempts for 206 yards. I mean, there was nothing that scared the Rams defense the whole night. The whole night. Not even a glimmer of like, ooh, that's scary. I mean, the best play of the night was Montgomery making a cutback run for a 41-yard run on the first drive. That was it. You know? Okay, he had a few good runs after that, and he plays really well. But there's nothing else about the offense that scares you. And that's, again, where I go back to Justin Fields, who – does not look overwhelmed, looks better than what I thought he was going to look in the pre-draft process. And here's another thing that jumps out to me. And, guys, I don't know if you could do this in the back room. Can we show the touchdown run again? Can we let the tape roll a little bit? Look how excited the team is when Justin Fields scores. I mean, they went crazy. Like, to me, that was a reaction like, oh, yes, you're the man. Way to go, Justin. You're like, I mean, they ran over this. I talked about this in our, in our Peacock postgame show a little bit. I don't know if we're going to have it here on this clip, but they went crazy with him in the end zone. You could tell the team was legitimately like, man, you're awesome. That was an awesome run. Way to go. And, I, again, I just think they're doing an injustice to their football team by, by not playing him at this point. He is he's their, their guy. He's going to make the rest of the offense easy. He's Because of his running ability, he is going to make defenses play simpler defenses, which then he'll be able to throw those boring five-yard slants and six-yard hitch routes just like at Andy Dalton. It's not going to be overly complicated. Um, so that's where I just – I don't get it. I, I would be fields all the way. The question is for how long can Matt Nagy stave off the avalanche, the – expectation the home crowd oh which will here you go get a mike. Chance look at this look at this mike greet the bears on sunday when they take on andy dalton's bengals i mean, bengals team that yeah. looked a hell of a lot better than we thought they would on sunday against minnesota yeah no i, I mean you know play that again the, that reaction there 
I mean, damn, Cole Komet wants to kiss him and hug him and, like, everything. I mean, they're so excited. And that, to me, is like, that's like excitement, like, hey, man, you're freaking awesome. That was awesome. Look at them. I mean, he's got everybody over there. I, I don't know. That, to me, says something. I mean, they, they see the player. Look, I mean, there's there's uh, the, the Mooney, the, the receiver. He's over there going, damn, I didn't even do anything, but did, that was an awesome run. Let's go. Way to go. Justin Fields, you're the man. That reaction said a lot to me. Mike, here's the question. If we get into the second quarter this week, and I know this is cold-blooded because it's Andy Dalton and the Bengals, that if they get in the second quarter and they're down 10-3, 10 nothing. There's going to be anarchy in that stadium. There is going to be anarchy. I think if he stumbles this week again, Andy Dalton, you're going to see Justin Fields this week. I think it's going to be too much pressure. I really do. I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen. Let's see. I'm calling my shot right here if that happens. That means they're going to do everything they can to keep that from happening. And again, they're going to have a much tougher time than maybe they thought they were going to have against the Bengals for their home opener. But that was, I, I agree with you. I look for little things like that. The Bears have not been besieged by any leaks from the locker room about how we like Fields over Dalton. We right. haven't gotten that sense. Right. But that celebration kind of says it all. Yeah. All right. Uh, we mentioned Marcus Mariota. And by the way, with one snap last night, Marcus Mariota had more fantasy points for week one than Aaron Rodgers did. The Packers blown out handily by the Saints on Sunday. Here's Matt LaFleur from yesterday on the question of whether, and this is something Mike Golick and I discussed yesterday, the distraction from the Aaron Rodgers drama. Did that affect the Packers? Here's LaFleur's answer to that question. There's a national media site that, um, just before he got into your published story, saying that Rodgers' um, uncertain status might have impacted things yesterday. Do you think there's anything to that as, as far as a leader goes? And you, you know that happened in the offseason. Do you think there's any impact at all on that, on, on this year's team? You're, you're talking about the offseason? Yes. No, I think this, this team's focused on now. And unfortunately, sometimes in this league, you, you get humbled. And certainly, we got humbled. And like I said, it's, it's about how we respond to that, how we come back to work, how we stay together, and and get ready to play against a team that I know is going to be really hungry coming in here. Um, I said this yesterday on PFTPM. Go ahead and ask your question. Don't blame it on a national website. And if you are going to blame it on the national website and use it as a shield for a question you want to ask anyway, how about give the name of the national website? We'll, we'll take the credit. If, if you're going to make us the person you point to like hey well they're asking the question not me go ahead and, and say it was us because it was our story because our yeah, story came sure. out and then he had his press conference and that guy asked the question based upon it but i i they got to get this under control fast because aaron Rodgers has been so open this year about his issues with the team last year he internalized it this year he's an open book interview with aaron Rodgers before the game during the pregame show on sunday openly talking about hey yeah i wanted to be traded you draft my replacement, you want to play him, trade me. I thought about retiring. He thought about retiring right up until the weekend before the start of training camp. Shereen Williams said last night, maybe his heart really wasn't in it and there's nothing he can do about it now. But that, that was a flat and uninspired performance. That's on the coach, and they better turn it around because they got the Lions coming to town, and then they go to San Francisco. 
and uh, they could get themselves into a hole that's going to be very unfamiliar for a team that's been three, uh, thirteen and three each of the last two years. Chris. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. You know, I think that they're real. You know what? What you and, and Mike Golick brought up yesterday. There's you know real merit to that. You know, I think the one thing that I I do look at is a little bit like what Shireen said. I mean, you know, uh, hey, you know how uh, again you weren't there for OTAs, you weren't there for minicam. That is a part of the building process to be really good, and then you know. W- you're thinking about retirement a few days before training camp. I mean, I, you know, again, where is your head in that place? I, I think that's fair to question. You know, I don't think we really saw it because we're just like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll figure it out, and he'll still throw laser beams and be awesome. So, yeah, but but again, there does add a little level of dysfunction and renegadeness to the locker room and the fact that, like, man, the star quarterback and screw Mark Murphy and Gutenkust and, and, and all the things that, that go with that. You know, that can, of course, maybe distract the locker room to a degree. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, you said it. They didn't play motivated. They got their butts whooped. I mean whooped on both sides of the ball. And Aaron Rodgers, yeah, it wasn't good. But what I will fight fight back against, and I haven't broke down, like, the film yet, and that's another game I watched today, is there wasn't anybody open. I wasn't looking at it going, oh, man, he's missing throws and – you know, I hear everybody going, it's the worst performance ever. Listen, worst performance ever, yeah, for Aaron Rodgers, certainly. But, damn, even his completions, people had guys on them like glue. I mean, like glue. So they obviously had a good feel, as in the Saints, for what the Packers were trying to do offensively, too. It was a crap performance by everybody, and it's fair to question all these things with Rodgers when you have that type of offseason and then put out that performance week one. But when you haven't been around yeah. for any of the offseason, yeah, when you didn't get your receivers together to work at all right. between January and July, right. when you do have a guy who's covered, and in the past Aaron Rodgers has threaded that needle, it's harder to thread it. Yeah, that's it's fair. And you don't have it. the same yeah. amount of work in. And you mentioned the renegadeness, not accidental scholar, simsism of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, let's let's think about the moment when he had his press conference to begin training camp. We loved it because it validated everything that we had heard. It confirmed everything that we believed. But, but contrast what he did with what Russell Wilson did. Wilson shows up and it's over. It's done. The the offseason stuff is over. I'm here for one purpose, to play, to win, to, to do everything I can. And Wilson realizes what and what what benefit is derived from bearing your soul at the introductory training camp press conference and it, maybe it made Aaron Rodgers feel good maybe it was 7 months of pent up frustration that he was able to unleash right. on the organization but you got to ask yourself what impact that has on the rest of the team that's where Golick's perspective I thought was so valuable yesterday and you can speak to this as well you know how a locker room's going to react to that stuff you know you got guys in the locker room going about their business and all of a sudden there's a buzz in there you hear what he yeah you hear, wow. oh man wow Rodgers went off he put him on he blast. went off on the team right right exactly right you're exactly that's how it goes oh Rodgers put him on blast and then you know it might encourage other guys in the locker room to start talking crap about you know the organization too you know that's that's where that gets a little crazy when you start to screw with the leader and one of the best players in the league and you know the leader of your football team and a guy who you know like you've mentioned and we know uh, we do like it the respect that he he doesn't hold his tongue with with a lot of this this stuff um so yeah it's going to will be interesting and, to see where this goes here 
when it starts to crumble, if it starts to crumble, and look, everyone in that division lost, so throw it out. Yeah. There's 16 games left. Mm-hmm. Forget about week one. But there will be a point where that lame duck status that everyone believes Aaron Rodgers occupies for 2021 will become a factor, will become a distraction, will become a thing that may cause the Packers to flip the switch to Jordan Love just like they did during the game once it was out of hand on Sunday. So something to keep an eye on if the Packers can't turn it around. They should be able to beat the Lions on Monday night. If they can't, who boy? Is 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 it going to be an interesting week in Green Bay if they fall to 0-2 with a trip to San Francisco for Sunday oh. Night Football Week 3 yeah. looming? All right, let's take a break. We will discuss how the Browns made the same mistakes again against the Chiefs based on Chris's review of the film. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. I don't know if you've seen this meme going around, but it's been like <laughs> it's funny you said that i literally i literally just saw that i literally just saw that and uh that i mean sometimes it'd be like that is what i have to say i mean sometimes you just gotta throw it up he's a little dude but he goes and catches it and he's, he's pretty fast so uh usually good things happen patrick Mahomes talking about his connection to tyree kill resulted in a 75 yard catch and run somehow Tyree kill in single coverage and Chris I don't know if you saw it but he got away with just a little just a little just a little flash he showed him a little he looked around a little bit anybody <laughs> see this there I'm just gonna do that I'm yeah. not gonna do it all the way like this right I'm just gonna do it like that and but point of emphasis uh yes F it Tyreek yeah down there I like it somewhere Woo. uh all well, right so it, you watched the film yeah yeah they were down 22 to 10 at the half right Browns, they Browns blew it in a lot of ways. Yeah, Browns blew it in a lot of ways. You know, again, I'm never going to say they blew it. We know Kansas City Chiefs are, are magical. But, man, the Browns left some opportunities where they could have got points before the half, at least a field goal. Nick Chubb has the fumble in the third quarter as they're driving. Of course, the, the muff punt and all that crap that went with it. And then Baker, who's getting ready to throw the ball out of bounds, gets his feet clipped and he can't get it there. I mean, so, yeah, they were, they're going to be pissed off. They're going to be able to sell to their football team. We're going to beat them the next time. But there's one thing that we got to talk about, and it's a little bit about that meme right there. You know, yeah, F it and throw it. Tyreek's down there somewhere, and he's down there against a free safety. Well, why? Why is he down there against a free safety? Right, that makes no sense. They're... they're they're for the second time in a row, the second game in a row in Cleveland versus Kansas City, because that's how they ended the season last year. There was no plan for Tyree Kill. They just treat him like a normal pedestrian, like he's just some Joe Schmo coming off the bench. Oh, no, no, yeah, he's not a Joe Schmo. He is maybe the most explosive receiver in the history of football. And for my money, he's still the best receiver in football. There's nobody better than Tyreek. I don't give a crap if Devontae Adams catches 90,000 catches this year. Nobody. Tyreek Hill can score from anywhere. And there's just too many times, Mike, where he just is in the slot, free release. They got Anthony Walker, middle linebacker, carrying him down the field. Travis Kelsey in the red zone. I mean, no plan for that. Hey, the game right now, there's no other options in that offense. It's all about those two guys. You know, and I'm not saying you got to change your defensive game plan, but the fact that there was just never like, oh, this is a big third down. Let's do something a little different and do something to Tyreek here because they're going to go to one or two of these guys, which they did 
the whole game and every big moment. That, that to me, I just don't understand that. And that's, to me, where Cleveland's got to reassess if they want to beat Kansas City in the playoffs and be that team in the AFC. Yeah, you can never have single coverage on Tyreek Hill, and you can't have a safety covering Tyreek Hill. And I, I, I'm anxious now when the All-22 film returns yeah. to the NFL Game Pass feature later this week, early next week. I want to see. I checked it out. What yesterday. really went happened? I What'd can you really see? tell you. What you see? Well, I mean, hey, you can really just go through every big Tyreek Hill completion and just go. They're not even paying attention to him. They're acting like he's a guy that they signed off the street three days ago. You know, I, I mean, one of his other big completions, he's got a, a 30-yard crossing route in the second quarter. You know, Anthony Walker, the linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts who they signed in free agency this year, who's up at the line of scrimmage acting like he's going to blitz. They want him to get back and now cover Tyreek Hill. Yeah, good luck. I mean, Tyreek Hill's got four rockets up his butt. There's no, he's the, him, Deion Sanders, and Daryl Green and Willie Galt, the fastest people in the history of football. How, oh, yeah, Anthony Walker's going to stay with him as he's up in the line of scrimmage and cover him 30 yards downfield. There was just some things there where you just go, what are the Browns' defense thinking? You can't do that against this group. They didn't do any new trick plays or anything. It was the same old Kansas City offense that I saw on film. It just, there's got to be an, a reassessment there on that side of the ball. Because the one thing I do know, Mike, is Cleveland on the offensive side of the ball is a handful for the Chiefs' defense. And I think that will continue, and they're going to be a handful for everybody in football with as talented and as well-coached they are on that side of the ball. And the thing about playing the Chiefs, I don't care who you are, no lead is safe. No. That's why we were so compelled by the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, even when for any other team, it would have been over. For the Chiefs, it's never over. Down 22, 10 at the half, it's far from over. They know how to find that gas pedal and mash it to the floor. And your offense is part of that, too. Your offense can't suddenly get conservative. What, what, did you, what did you see different about the Browns' offense in the second half? Did they go into a shell? Did they, did they try to just kind of run out the clock, or were they still attacking? No, they were. They were still attacking. You know, they, there was a few mistakes here. Kansas City made some plays. You know, Chris Jones pops out every now and then, makes a play, certainly. But oh, That's an appropriate I know. comment given what happened to him at the scouting combine. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he made a big play there, definitely. Uh, but a like, big pop out. Yeah, big, big pop out. You're right. You're getting me <laughs> off topic here. But I've been very impressed. Very impressed with Cleveland's offense, Mike. I mean, one thing I'll say, you know I wasn't a fan of Stefanski being hired there in Cleveland. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong in all accounts. First off, Bill Callahan is the best offensive line coach in football. They have every run scheme there is known to man, and they're good at all of them. So they really, they really pose problems to a defense, and especially Kansas City, Mike, where you know Spagnolo wants to you know disguise and do crazy things at the line of scrimmage and not give you a feel. It's hard to do that when you play the Browns because it's like, oh, well, if these three guys block down and they pull a backside guard and you were blitzing over here, then damn, you're gone and you're going to have Nick Chubb not being touched on a 25-yard touchdown run, right? So you have to be careful with that. So they kind of handcuff Spagnolo as far as that's concerned and you know, they get in these personnel sets where they can get in two tight ends or 21 personnel, two backs and one tight end, where you go, oh, we got to get big. They're going to they're gonna physically beat us up. But where they're scary is when they have Njoku and Landry and, of course, Chubb or Kareem Hunt, and then, of course, this Anthony Schwartz, and it'll be Odell when he gets back, but Schwartz, the rookie from Auburn, can fly. You know, you're out there with your big defense, 
And they got a, still a bunch of guys out there that run 4-4 four, four, and 4-3. Four, and it's hard to match up with that too. So you got to kind of pick your poison. Wait, do we want to get big and slow? Or do we want to be a little smaller and fast? And then there's the, they can get an 11 personnel. And Jarvis Landry is the best blocking wide receiver in football. They're, he's almost like an extra tight end. And they, they got a lot of great core base plays, Mike, that are just old school and they know how to execute them. But then there's a, a handful of what I would call just screw you plays where it's like, whoa, this formation, this guy's going in motion, it's a reverse, it's a flea flicker, whatever, and just to keep you off balance to where you can't ever get it like, oh, wait, they're going to run, they're going to pull the guard here, they're going to run outside zone. I mean, really, very impressive. Baker Mayfield played awesome. Other than the interception, he played awesome. And uh, I, I still, Cleveland, I feel really good about Cleveland. They're, I, I really right, think they're a, a Super Bowl team. Sorry, I, we'll, we'll talk later. We have, to do, we have to do the goats in a bad way draft. We're goats the goats because way. we're way over time. And the show ends when it ends. I mean, who cares? We, you know, we talk until they pull the plug. Right. But, uh, we'll pull the plug for now so we have a little time to give out our goats in a bad way recognition for week one. We'll do that next on PFT Live. Sure. Critical mistake. You know, I don't think that you know, those, those are absolutely that's that's absolutely nothing that that we coach or teach. Um, you know, so that would fall into the category of doing dumb that hurts the team uh, right there uh, in bold letters goes from third and one to third and 16. That's Mike Vrabel calling out Julio Jones for taking a personal foul. See him at the top of the screen, a little extra push, extra shove, a little a little swing, a little miss. But, yeah, you get 15 yards, third and one becomes third and 16. And, hey, we, we now see how Mike Vrabel's going to manage Julio Jones. No kid gloves, no tiptoeing on eggshells. Julio Jones is going to get coached up like anybody else on the team. I still am not 100% convinced that Vrabel was on board with the trade for Julio Jones, but we'll see how it all plays out. Titans 0-1. Goats in a bad way draft. Chris, I'll give you the first pick. Oh, you're very nice. Thank you. Um, I think, mm, I mean, I really, I want to go right there. I, I'm going to go to the just the, the Titans defense. I mean, can am I allowed to pick a whole unit? I mean, I, I am. Sorry. Have I mean, you ever stopped? No. That, has that, you, you're right. You, I like you, to you, ask you, and then I don't, I don't yeah. really care what and you say And they do it anyway. Right, yeah. right. But, I mean, come on. That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. I mean, yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray, I know how dangerous he is, but – Damn, did they they couldn't do anything. They got do, their defense got dominated in the run game. They couldn't even get close to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray and the offensive line looked good. Like the Arizona Cardinals offensive line protected him at a really high level, especially with just the front four rushing. They had no chance. You know, so they were getting gashed everywhere. They couldn't match up. Just a disappointing performance by a team that you think is like, you know, a Super Bowl contender, or at least definitely an AFC playoff contender with a defensive head coach. Yeah, that was a bad look. I mean, that was Crapville uh, all day long there for that Titans defense. Crapville. Crapville. Population one. Uh, <laughs> I got to go Damian Harris. Ah, look, he yeah. lost the game yeah. for the Patriots. Right. He lost the game for him. I know. You're you, right. You, if you, you don't fumble that ball, they kick the field goal or miss it, and then the kicker would be the GOAT. But you, you put the ball on the ground, and I know Xavier Howard punched it out, but you, you that that the ball is always a sacred thing that must be properly possessed by a running back. But in that moment, it's even 
more critical. And Harris let the ball get out of his clutches and let the win get uh, off the board for the Patriots, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. That was huge. I don't know why I didn't pick that first. I wrote that there. I should have picked that first. That was stupid right there. I deserve to Thank be in the you. go draft right there just being for an idiot. Uh, all right. Can't pick myself. I am an idiot. Um, I think uh, the next place I'm, I'm going to go here, even though, man, I'm rooting for this guy, but it just it's in op, you know bad moments, bad timing. Daniel Jones with the fumble. You know, again, it's just because it's a theme. We know that. So that was a huge moment in the football game. I believe it was 17-7. Denver, you know, was up by 10. The Giants were moving the football. They were in fringe, you know, red zone area, in field goal territory. And, you know, lightning struck once again where Daniel Jones made a nice play, got out in the pocket, ran up the middle, was going to get like an eight or nine yard gain but didn't protect the football. Similar fumble to like what we saw with Lamar Jackson last night. You know, that, that, that just – Daniel Jones has no room for error right now. They're not good enough on offense to be making those mistakes and those moments. And, man, I, you know I'm a big Blue fan, but that was, uh, that was a big moment that really kind of took the game and took the game away from them. I got to go with Lamar Jackson. He would gladly wear the goat horns himself. The two fumbles, one in the fourth quarter, one in overtime, only the fourth player since 1980 to have a fourth quarter fumble and an overtime fumble. Not that those events even potentially present themselves very often because overtime games don't happen all that frequently. But still, for a guy who was a 2019 MVP, a guy who deserves the second contract, a guy who is the heart and soul of the offense, you got to secure the football. If you're going to run it, you don't want to get injured, number one, but number two, you don't want to put the ball on the ground. And he did it too many times last night. And uh, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, he is willingly taking the blame, so it makes it easier for us to make him one of the goats of the week, Chris. Yeah, that's right. I respect that about him. I mean, even just the emotion he shows in the postgame press conference, right? Like, man, that ticks me off, he says. Like, yeah, that's going to bother him. It certainly is. Um, okay. Let's do round three after the break. All right, cool. Because we are out of time for now. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live right after. Right after. The drama builds as we close in on round three. Who will we select? Goats in a bad way week one. Chris, who do you have? Yeah, I'm not happy with my draft so far. I've dropped the ball. I'm a goat in a bad way. Idiot in a bad way. Um, but I'm going to go with, like, another one that was obvious, and I should have picked it already. I'm going to go with Taylor Lewan. I mean, Taylor Lewan is a franchise left tackle, right? I mean, I really respect that he called himself out a lot like Lamar Jackson on social media and said, hey, thanks to Chandler Jones for exposing me, and I got to work harder. That is really cool. I really do, like, I love that. Um, he gave up, there were six sacks in that game. He gave up three of them. I mean, you know, there was two, one by the backup tackle, and there was one a bootleg where nobody blocks Chandler Jones because he's supposed to go for the run fake, but he's smart. He's been there, done that. But either way, we expect more to Taylor Juan. He's been one of the better left tackles in football, and that was just a bad day for sure. And he, he definitely acknowledged he yeah. got his ass kicked by Chandler Jones. I, I'll go, I, I, you know what? I don't want to get any hostile text messages or phone calls, but uh, it wouldn't be the first time it's happened this week from people who don't like the things I say or write. i got to go with Mike Zimmer. That defense that was called on fourth and inches with 50 seconds left in overtime, as if they were defending the goal line, not 50 yards behind them. And the, the, the two, two problems there. First, the defense that was called to stop the Bengals from converting. And second... When Joe Burrow does this, 
I said uh, my microphone was off because I was connected through our our yeah, Zoom app. Right. He's changing to a pass, and he did. He did, and that was it. I know. And they lost the game. And well, uh, that's on Zimmer. He's the defensive guru, and he was talking last week about how he's ahead of the curve defensively. Just ask anybody. Well, you weren't ahead of the curve there, so you got you got to deliver if you're going to talk big. And I got no problem with big talk. You got to deliver, and they failed to deliver. I, I get it. It's it's a tough spot. I, you know, listen. I don't think it was like totally stupid where I go. Oh, there was no thought there. You know, again, they're worried about getting nickel and getting the first down, and then getting nickel and dimed and getting them in the field goal position too. So tough one. But I hear your complaint. I get it. That's it for this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. See you at 5 o'clock for PFT PM and see you Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock. Have a good day. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.